from Workhouse Connect and A.J. Benza. Fame. Uh, he liked to be walked on a leash and play really dirty, kinky sex games. He's a... The guy put the cock in the Peacock Network, okay? Bitch. Hey, everybody. A.J. Benza here with Fame is a Bitch. This is your... This is your podcast for March 20th, 2020. Took me a while to get to do this show today. A lot of shit went on this morning. Um, uh, It's 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Sorry it's been this long. Uh, But I think we've all got stuff we're going through and trying to sort through and figure out what with this Chinese flu. I'm not going to talk too much about this lockdown However else they're referring to it. I don't know. I I did the other day's show before Gavin Newsom and the other asshole Garcetti came on TV to talk about it. So it's affecting our day, our daily life out here in California. If it's not affecting yours yet, it will. My sister's in Chicago. She has nothing like this going on yet. Every supermarket's got meat, the whole thing. There's no lines. It's, it's hunky-dory. It might as well be 1999 over there. Or even 2019. But uh, there are mostly mundane things that have been changed on us without warning. And it's all so strange. You know, it's happening. Well, once you get up in the morning, you start going about your daily routine. Now, granted, I'm not in the house. So I've got to go out. I don't have to, but I go out to get coffee. So once I get in my car, I start to see the world. I start to see things going on. And I'm not going to get too much into this, but I'm telling you, Gavin Newsom saying that 25 million Californians will get the flu. He knows he fucked up. He meant it could be that way if nobody does anything about it. He forgot that little tidbit. But I mentioned the other day about cop cars patrolling. What's the deal? This looks like it's going to be martial law soon. They're going to ask for our documents and our papers, where you're going, where you're coming from. That, I, I think that's definitely going to happen. So I'm sick of quieting or, or muffling stuff I thought of a month ago, a month and a half ago, or even longer. Because goddamn if all that shit isn't becoming true every day. What I didn't see coming, I go to 7-Eleven this morning to get my cup of coffee, as I always do. Sometimes I get donuts for the kids. Been going to 7-Eleven every morning, you know, without fail. Give or take, you know, a couple of times here and there. I don't go. Since I got divorced from my first wife in 1991, I've been going to 7-Eleven every morning. I walk in there this morning, no more coffee machines. They're gone. You know, the bank of coffee machines. No more. You know, the guy who works behind the counter, thank God he's not Pakistani or Indian. I finally get a guy who actually lived in New York at one point. All right, Jerry, nice guy, New York guy, which is an oddity in 7-Eleven. He goes, you believe this shit? No more fucking coffee. I said, what happened? No, they don't, you know, it's a mandate. All 7-Elevens, no more coffee. So I don't know what to tell you about that shit when that's going to come back. It definitely puts a crimp in my day. Uh, Look, it's not hell. We can get around it. People have coffee machines at home. So did I. (laughs) But, you know, until I get into a home... I guess it'll be a banana and some water in the morning for me. Um, and then I go to get medicine for Lily. You know, Lily's got the enlarged heart that she's had since I found out in, when was it? The end of September. And she's, you know, taking the same medication every day, twice a day, morning and night. The medication is fucking sky high. It's about a little under 200 bucks a month. 
It's about as much as I pay for my meds. It's insane. Anyhow, we'll do anything to keep our little our little friends alive. So I called the Studio City Animal Hospital for medicine. They go, okay, no problem. We got this and we got that, okay. Then they call back and go, um, you've got to come in and call us from the parking lot and pay for it with a credit card over the phone because we're not, we're not having people come in. So to me, that's very arbitrary and silly and ridiculous. Because if my dog was dying, I'd be able to go in and, and, and you know, and, and speak with people, talk to professionals. Perhaps I'd be holding my dog and then hand it off to the vet who would then hold it. There'd be contact. But with the way things are going, they want to limit contact. So now I've got to pay for shit outside. Also, my dog's only getting medicine two weeks at a time. Trust me when I tell you this. This is a bad sign. This is the beginning of bad things to come. If you have thoughts of your parents or your grandparents or somebody you love that's older and maybe infirmed, perhaps not getting the quality care they're used to getting, that's definitely going to happen. But why would they not? Why would it be limited to people? You think our, our little dogs and cats and whatever other fucking pets you have is going to be treated just like they used to be treated? No. If they're willing to tell us that around the world, people who've got this Chinese flu are being, some people are being left to die because they don't have the ventilators or the beds or the, 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 all that shit we're hearing. And we heard yesterday, Gavin Newsom, uh, who looks like he's fucking reading from a script in a movie. He, yesterday, he looked like Bill Pullman in a disaster movie. Anyhow, he's um, he's saying that right now with the way things are going, you know, we don't have the hospital beds we need. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're already talking about uh, we're negotiating with schools and colleges for their dormitories. We're negotiating with cruise ships, which is what I said two weeks ago. Why are people coming off cruise ships who they think were sick with the virus? Why are we even letting them come off that ship? Just make the ship into a makeshift hospital. Leave them on the ship. It's all over now. Get on the boat with your fucking hazmats and your medical supplies and treat them on the fucking boat. But no, they let them get off the boat. They let them see people in our military. They expose people. It's just stupidity. And they're negotiating with some motels and hotels for their bed space. Let that fucking sink in. This is California. The the government is talking to motels and hotels about acquiring their rooms for the purposes of keeping people in those beds. (sighs) Okay, so that's what's down the road, and I don't know how many weeks, months that's down the road with. You can forget about school, forget about fucking baseball and basketball, just forget it. It's a, it's a, it's a no-fun zone. We're done. There's nothing to do but read fucking books, and you better hope the person who touched the book before you wasn't full of Chinese flu. Two-week supply for my dog's medicine. Let's see what happens a month from now. Let's see if the medicine she needs, vet medin. And then and, and hydrocodone and Enfamil and the other fucking one that's like Lasix. Let's see how available that shit is since by and large, most of that stuff and most of the stuff we all take to stay to stay healthy or at least stave off the illnesses we have are made in China. So let's see if we if if, if we're still gonna have an an ease to acquire medicines. We all know we're beholden to that fucking sneaky country because of the shit they make. Forget about your little baby toys we've been buying for decades. I'm talking about medicine. I'm talking about labs that produce antibiotics that we need for all of us to stay alive. Now our enemies got their foot on our fucking throat. And we've got to plead with them for the antidote to things to keep our pets alive and some family members alive and ourselves alive. 
We're not in a good position to bargain or negotiate. Chinese market's fine. It maybe it dropped down a little bit. Have you seen ours? Have you seen the rest of the world's? Why is it that China was able to stop the spread of the disease, they say, and everything's kind of going back to normal over there, hunky-dory, where the West and Italy and so many other countries are falling to shit. Do you think it had anything to do with the fact that they want to be the super-duper one power, economic power of the world? Again, I'm not going to get into it. You've heard shows like this in the past. Other people have been saying it other than me, people more qualified, but I'm telling you it's from my gut. I'm telling you because I have intuition, the intuition that made me a great reporter and the intuition I use to break stories in this podcast like no one else breaks in the fucking world. This is what's going to happen. So it's hard to go from that attitude to switch gears into talking about Johnny Depp getting hit in the head by a door or fucking uh, Evangeline Lilly letting her two kids go on a scavenger hunt or go to fucking karate class. These are people are fucking clueless clueless <sighs> spoke to my sister Rosalie she's in Chicago as you know you know back in the summer I helped move her there and by and large things are kind of the same she stopped going to the gym they don't go to movies okay wouldn't you love to get it back to that now we're concerned I've got a nephew who's got a little beautiful baby girl Ava who's uh, 14 months old or so and there's a baby number two on the way that's due in May, or actually June 2nd, June 3rd, right around my birthday. The trip that the, the plan has always been for us to go to see them in the summer, in July. If not 4th of July, then late July. Either way, what the fuck? Is there a chance of going? And if there is a chance of going, do I chance it? Do I bring my family into this new, not only toddler's world, but this new infant's world? Who knows if we should even do that? And this is not something just for me. You, all you guys are going through this shit. And my sister said, as she usually does, she's got something for the kids. She's got something for Easter. You know, she always sends gifts for holidays, cards, money, candy, toys, whatever the fuck it is. My sister's always, always kept that alive. I said, bro, hold on to it, bro. First of all, I'm not going to give you the address to the fucking hotel. I'm not, you know, just wait. Just hold on to this shit. I don't have a home address yet. I will soon, and I'll tell you what that is. Then you can send whatever the fuck you're sending is. But in the meantime, who cares? Easter, like, I, I didn't even care. The other day was St. Joseph's Day. It's one of the best days for an Italian. Everybody named Joseph who's Italian. It's a wonderful day for us. Whether it's your first name or your middle name, Joseph, celebrate. I didn't even think about getting the pastry. Can you even get pastries? Can you get a fucking Sfugliadel or a on with this pandemic going on? Of course you can't. So this is the kind of shit that's taken away from us in our daily lives. And, you know, you, you, you can imagine, for the first time ever, I'm talking to my sister, and she always, obviously, we always say I love you when we hang up, but, you know, you, know, you, have, you have any idea how many times we were on the phone together and she said I love you, and okay, AJ, hang in there, you're going to be okay. You too, Ro. We've been through cancer with Jack four fucking times, even him being told he's going to die way back in whatever it was, 95 or 96. He's got six months to live. Obviously, he didn't go. We've been through so many things. She's been ill. My other sister died. There's so many things we've prayed through and said I love you through. Hanging up didn't feel the same. It felt weird. I felt uncertain about my sister, about a time we're going to be together again. So listen, just do me a favor. 
Watch the Chinese markets. Let me know why they're not doing as poorly as our market is. Let me know why you think that is. But I'll tell you, you know, you say a lot, a lot of you are wondering how all these NBA stars and certain celebrities are getting tested for the virus. How is this happening, AJ? When the majority of us can't even get a test or aren't able to get a test, how? How did Kevin Durant, the basketball star, Idris Elba, Donovan Mitchell, eh, forget about how they got it. How do they get tested? You know, I guess I like to tell all these black guys in the NBA, hey, take the take that fucking white privilege shit and shove it up your ass. Because there's no such thing. Because you're getting tested. I'm white and I'm not getting tested. So go fuck yourselves. I bet Colin Kaepernick got fucking tested already. It's downright crazy what's happening. I can't stop reading about the calamity of what's going on in the Hamptons out in Long Island. My old neck of the woods. For any of you who don't understand the Hamptons... This is the Tony summer retreat for many, many wealthy and influential New Yorkers. Usually they they storm the tiny hamlets out there during the summer months and they pour billions of dollars, let's say multi-millions of dollars into the economy when they're up there. I mean, the restaurants and bars are jam-packed. The beaches are hopping. It's like, you know, it's quite a place to be. People rent houses. I, you know, when I was dating my ex-girlfriend, she rented a house. You know, oh, they want 30000 for the summer. Now they want 100000 for the summer. And people blink their eyes once at that. It's no big deal. People who go there have money. And once you rent the house, you still got to throw parties and live your life how you want to live it. So you figure wealthy people go rent a house in the summer. They got to feel we're going to blow 60, 70 grand this summer to have fun. If you go in there just to go to the beach and read some books and read Vanity Fair when you're on your ass, then it's not that much. But I remember when I used to go to the Hamptons, I used to, I used to despise it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, even Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, and start, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the Hamptons was wonderful because all the rich, influential motherfuckers were gone. They went back to New York to their big jobs. And you had this beautiful town, or these, little, these beautiful, wonderful hamlets to yourself. The best beaches in the world, the most beautiful mansions, little shops, boutiques. It was wonderful. And now... The locals, you know, when, 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 when the rich storm those towns, the locals can't complain because they're making money. The restaurants and bars are making money. Everybody's doing the, you know, people are having a good time. It, it's, it's, it's fun, even though it's kind of aggravating to have the rich and influential there. They're making money, so they turn away from it. It's nice if you're a restaurant owner to have no table available Thursday through Monday. You can rough it Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, but in the off season, you're like anybody else. You hold people come in. You throw signs out there. But you know now, what these fucking rich people are doing, they're going to these boot. They're going to these shops all over the Hamptons and, and grocery stores. They're filling up grocery carts of everything. These are people who don't need this kind of food. These are people who have homes or gigantic penthouse apartments in Manhattan. They don't need to go to the Hamptons to fill up those refrigerators. They're pigs. They're fucking pigs. You know, it's the apocalypse to these people, and they're going to survive either way. They've got the money. Look, if you can financially get through this, spiritually get through this, and physically get through this, obviously you're going to be okay. So the people with money have two of those things tucked under their belt. Spiritually, I'm not sure, but they've got the finances, and most of them are physically fit, fit enough to withstand this. But this one guy went into, one guy went into a grocery store. He filled up one carriage completely with carrots, one carriage completely with any 
any and all antibacterial lotion, antifungal lotion. And the other cart was filled with wine that was like, you know, at least $100 a bottle and more. People are dropping huge amounts of dough. They're buying everything from $1,000 bottles of wine down to heads of garlic. I heard reports that there are absolutely no fresh vegetables in all the stores in the Hamptons. That comes to you from Maureen Callahan from the New York Post, who's a great reporter. It's disgusting. If these rich fucks who thinks they don't have to, they think they don't have to follow the rules, that's who it is. And the internet and television and social media, they, it loves to show you looting when some some court ruling in a city gets the anger up uh, from the lower and middle class locals. They love to show you a big fat black woman fighting a Hispanic lady over toilet paper at Target. But they're not showing you the guy in the Ralph Lauren slacks and the polo shirt shoving $3,000 worth of groceries into the back of his BMW X7 truck. And that's not all the fucking rich are doing. Some wealthy lady from Manhattan tested positive, so she called a tiny hospital in Southampton and said she was on her way and she needs treatment. They told her, hey, no, don't come here, stay home. What do you think she did? She got on public transportation. She didn't take her Jaguar. She got on a bus, she got on the fucking jitney, or she took the Long Island Railroad. Either way, she didn't tell anybody about her condition, and then she just showed up at Southampton Hospital demanding admittance. It's a rich person. You know, somebody else took a private jet to East Hampton and didn't tell anybody till it landed. That is disgusting. The people know who've been on the furthest end of Long Island. If you don't know the map, this is, if if Long Island is shaped like a fish, this is the back of the tail. The top of the tail is the North Fork. The bottom of the tail is the South Fork. So the fucking virus is there, thanks to these assholes. And they really don't have the medical resources to combat this. So we're sitting home. You know, I'm not not going to lie to you. At 8 o'clock at night, I start thinking of bed. I start thinking of going to bed. Can I take sudden? Can I take a couple of Advil PM so I can really knock out by 9.30? That's how sad it is. You know, let me just knock out. I write all day. I record all day. It's time to just knock out. And, you know, we're stuck in this ridiculous television cycle because it's the fucking hotel. What are you going to watch? The Masked Singer, X Factor with fucking Kelly Clarkson with the haircut like a 57-year-old woman, American Idol, The Bachelor. I, you know, is there anything worse than being subjected to this shit while the world around you is falling apart. I did catch the end of Batman last night. The good Batman. Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Kim Basinger. Oh, my God. Kim Basinger. You, you, you just don't get better than that. And I, I, it made me laugh. Finally, something made me laugh. Remember laughing machines? Anybody over 45, I'd say, remembers at a time in the 70s, this thing came out called laughing machines. They were little... You know what they were. They were, they were. they were in a little bag, a little cloth bag with a string, and you press a button, and this thing about the size of your palm would just laugh hysterically. And you would laugh because you heard this thing laugh. So people would set it off while something serious was going on. Maybe you brought it to class, and if they did, the teacher took it away till school ended. Laughing machines, I haven't thought about them forever. So I'm watching the tail end of Batman last night. Kim Basinger at her most ball-achingly beautiful. Jack Nicholson, tremendous, as the Joker, standing on the ledge of a building. 
and he plummets to the street down below because Batman shot one of his fucking ropes around his ankle and around a gargoyle. I'm sure you've seen it. And he plummets down to the fucking sidewalk in Manhattan, down to the street, and they zero in on him, and he's there. He's dead, but he's cackling, and the cops don't know what. They take a, they look into his breast pocket, and they open his jacket, and it's a laughing machine. And at first, I didn't know what they were doing. I said, what the fuck is it? I said, oh, it's a laughing machine. And I remembered my youth. They're like a whoopee cushion, but it got when a whoopee cushion got bored, you bought the laughing machine. Anyhow, guys, 20 minutes of me ranting. I'm actually sweating in this fucking... I came in the bathroom with two sweatshirts because I'm cold. Now I want to be naked. I'm going to address some of your questions today, at least one or two of them. I asked you guys on the podcast Obsessed page for to pose some questions to me, and I'll answer them to lift us out of this Chinese flu doldrum. First, let me tell you about Brooklinen. You know, my friends at Brooklinen, they've been with me from day one. The Internet's favorite sheets. They're also now into home bedding, loungewear, towels, and more. Over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. Do you have any idea what it feels like to not be in my Brooklinen sheets for now? It's got to be over a month. I was in storage yesterday going through stuff, looking for those Harvey looking for my phones that have the Harvey Weinstein text exchanges. And there was my bed, there was the mattress, and there was the box of sheets. And I just looked at them, I ran my hand across them, and I thought, what a life we once had. I'm sure I'll be laying in them again, but not for a while, not for the near future. But you gotta, you got to get into Brooklyn and Sheets. If you don't have them now, you're crazy. I've been doing this for over two years. Founded by the husband and wife duo, Richie and Rich and Vicky full up. They're great. Even their dog got involved. They've been on a mission to make you comfortable. They work directly with manufacturers. They cut out the middle guy. They don't only, they only have, they have not only great sheets. They got shower curtains, bath mats, robes, candles, whatever you need. Ultra soft loungewear. So you get out of bed. It feels like you're still in bed. They got silk eye masks, robes, furniture, art totes you got to check it out it's the perfect place to start making small changes that make big differences that's what brooklinen.com is all about get 10 percent off your first order and free shipping when you use the promo code fame only at brooklinen.com that's b-r-o-o-k-l-i-n-e-n.com promo code fame and listen you new yorkers if you're listening you can get the internet's favorite sheets and more in real life Visit Brooklinen's first store at 127 Kent Avenue in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. I, I hope you can still walk around there and maybe walk in and check out the sites. Brooklyn and everything you need to live your most comfortable life. And right now, we need that. So one of you said yesterday when I asked for questions, you said, AJ, you talk so much about your father. What can you tell us about your mom? I don't have a lot of anecdotes or, or particularly long stories to tell about my mom. She's a big part of my book. I even bulked up her part in the screenplay so an actress can look at this and really want to sink her teeth into it. And funny enough, I always thought of Annabella Ciora to play my mom. It's, we're very far away from that. I even thought of James Franco to play my dad recently. And I'm, I, you know what? I think he'd play the shit out of it. An Italian father in the 70s. I think I think he would knock it out of the fucking park. Anyhow, um, I will tell you, though, whenever we had company 
all those years when I was a kid, we very rarely ate with just me, my two sisters, and my aunt and my father. <laughs> that was like, when that happened, I used to stomp my feet. I was so angry. I wanted to see people at our table. But uh, whenever we had company, whether it was relatives or friends, everyone, everybody, down to a man, all said goodbye to my mother last. And a lot of them said, Lily, there's no one like you. Or there's a special place in heaven for you, Lily. You know, my father's own brother, my Uncle Larry, would always take her aside. I was right. I'd hear it. He'd take her aside and tell her, Lily, you know, I love my brother very much, but you are the reason why we come over and over again. It's a very similar way a ton of our friends and relatives act toward my sister Rosalie, too. She learned it from my mother to spend your whole life shopping and cooking and cleaning and caring and making sure everybody in your life is okay and is happy and to make sure the family unit is preserved, especially in times like this. My mother was a very, very sweet human being. I've heard her called an angel time and again. She, uh, you know, English is second language, the whole fucking thing, left school in the eighth grade. You never know if you talk to her. She was very wise, but Going up against my dad, who was brilliant at speaking and brilliant at retorts and, you know, ex-cop, the whole thing. You, you, my father was a, a rare bird, man. She did mount a few battles against him. An overbearing man uh, typically should be no match for a sweet, sweet woman like my mother. But over the years, she did. And she didn't have the killer instinct he had, you know, so it always looked like maybe she'd lost those battles. But that's not really the way it went. My father always tended to get the last word. And there were times in my youth when he marched upstairs and looked and sounded like a monster and the door slammed, you know. But my mother was very good at doing what she was doing, hanging in there and making sure she wanted to be heard and what she wanted to get across to him. She took a good punch. I don't mean that in a physical sense, God forbid. That's not what happened in my house. No one got hit. But she was good at letting my father's anger let's say, tire him out before she would jab away at him with logic and her, and her sweet demeanor. And when the two of them emerged from the bedroom the next morning, everything was right in the world. No fight lasted a week. There was no no talking. There was no walls put up. You know, I get up in the morning before school. The night before, I was nervous of what they were what was going to happen because of the argument. And he's pinching her ass and she's giving him shit. And it made, it made going to school fine, because I knew that all was well in the world. That's my mother. And like I say in the book, in different ways I say it, but she was great at draping her Neapolitan diplomacy over his Sicilian storm of a temper. Those of you who are Italian, you get that. And I'm sure maybe many of you women out there know exactly what that's like, because maybe your mom was like that. Maybe you're like that. Um. I can tell you that, you know, most of the time, whenever you see me or, or, or you, 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 um, if you ever see my heart peek out out of this gruff, wise ass exterior, that's my mother. Okay. So when I'm on this pulpit doing what I do and complaining and ranting, that's my dad. My mother always winked at me and twisted her head as if to say, don't be that way. Don't say that. I had all these master plans of how I was going to get even with people for fucking things up. My mother would say, don't. Mm." She made me hang in there and stay a writer, even though I said, this is fucking torture, mom. I'm better writer than this guy and that guy. And I can't get a full-time job. And she'd say, 
Don't you leave Newsday. You're going to get your turn. You're too good of a writer. You're too good at this. Don't you walk away. That was my mom. I had no career talk with my dad. I was making a lot of money working for the gambling companies, uh, giving gamblers advice on who to bet on when my father was dying. And he knew I was making a lot of money because I was supporting the house. I was also putting money away from me and my first wife before we were married. So my father knew AJ can handle himself. He's going to be okay. That's what he took with him into his last breath. My mother saw me struggle, you know, as late as 1990, the year she died, to make it. And she told me, don't you fucking walk away from Newsday. Don't you leave. Your time is going to come. And when it comes, they're going to see how good you are. So that's her in a nutshell. And I'll, I got to stop before I get very emotional and become a blubbering mess. But I want to say with this Chinese flu happening, um, me and Agavino talked this morning about things we want to institute into the show that I think are going to make it a lot of fun and more inclusive. There's that word that we hear so much of. But listen, it's going to be good. Um, We're going to be putting together a few things into the mix to make it more fun for starters, for Patreon members only. I'm going to speak to three or five of you folks every day on the phone. I'll have you guys submit your numbers to Agavino, and then uh, I'll pull out numbers randomly. And uh, now that we've got some extra time here and there on our hands to talk to each other, maybe console each other, I thought maybe I'd use it to bring us closer together as not just a podcast host and people who listen. This is called the Fame Fam for a reason. And I didn't I didn't come out of being brought up by a bunch of wonderful Italians, particularly my mother, who always had the door open and a table full of food to not be close to my listeners. Those of you who are on the Patreon or, 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 or on the podcast obsessed page know that I never not respond to you. I always talk to people who listen to the show. I, I, I owe you everything for, for the fact that this thing is, is, is going on and on and getting bigger. So if you'd like for me to give you a call sometime, let's say over the next 60 days, send an email with the message, call me AJ, and the number you'd like me to call you at, send the request to Mike at WorkhouseConnect.com. Most of you know that address, Mike at WorkhouseConnect.com. So if you want to talk with me and you're not a Patreon member, become one. It's easy and it's cheap. It's 16 cents a day. And now that you can't get coffee at 7-Eleven anymore, give it to me so we can be even closer. Go to patreon.com slash fame is a bitch. It's that simple. Let me quickly thank the folks at Ritual, especially now. We all want to do the right thing to keep our bodies healthy in the long run. And right now, it is so important. But even if we try really hard to eat the kale salads and the green, the green smoothies and all that shit, most of the time, we're not getting the real essential nutrients we need on a daily basis. And you women are the most important people in the family. Most of you women keep the family going. You keep it afloat. I'm not stupid. I know. So Ritual is the obsessively researched vitamin for women. It's got the nutrients most of us don't get enough of from food. It's all in a clean, absorbable form. No shady additives or ingredients that you can't pronounce or the kind that do more harm than good for your body. Get on, get involved with this. They're too easy to take capsules. you got nine nutrients in there so you can support a strong foundation for your health moving forward. Right now, we've got to do all we can. And that even includes... Get yourself 15, 20 minutes of sunshine. How about that? 
do that too. But by but by God, get ritual if you're a woman and you've got a family to take care of. Because if you've got a sniffle or something wrong, you can't blame it on anybody but yourself. Stay healthy, guys. Right now, staying healthy is a matter of life and death. So you've got uh, D3, omega-3s in there. Everything essential for a woman's diet. No nausea, capsule design. You get it. It's, it's, it's amazing, and you'll stay healthy, and your family will love it. It's non-GMO. It's uh, vegan-friendly, sugar-free, gluten-free, allergen-free. Start a subscription now. Better health doesn't happen overnight, and right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. All right? Visit Ritual.com backslash fame. Ritual.com slash fame. Start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at Ritual.com slash fame. Dads, you got to go out, make your money, make sure the kids and the wife feel safe. I don't want people sitting home worried. It can get a little boring. Moms, you got to stay healthy because you're the backbone of everything. And real quick, I will dedicate Monday's show to all the questions a lot of you guys sent in on the podcast obsessed page. But let me just say real quick about Betty White. Somebody sent in questions about, hey, what's Betty? What do you know about Betty White? I said the other day, I think that she was, I know she was married to Alan Ludden, the talk show host, who I always thought was gay. Um, I don't see anything out there that really proves he was, but I do know that if he is, Betty White had some practice because for many years she used to beard for Liberace. Okay. And uh, she's that kind of broad. I've always loved her. I said it on yesterday's Patreon. Whether you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, Betty Wright, all those decades was sexy and cute and fun, loves animals, beautiful lady. But it's amazing what some of you guys asked. And for what dirt you want on some celebrities. It ran the gamut from Betty to Jesse Ventura. Really? To Winona Ryder, which I understand. To some people whose names I never heard of. So that'll be Monday's show. But lastly, before I leave, do me a favor. I love you all, but I, I'm not I'm not a guy who gets a giggle out of gifts and memes. I just it's not my thing. And you could imagine with all the people I have listening, thank God, if 10% of you send those things, it's a lot of time pressing the button to see a gift and a meme. I've probably seen it before, 10 times before. I'm not a gift and a meme guy. I'm saying that as nicely as I can. You know what I mean? So limit those sorts of things. I love when you talk to me. I love when you reach out, and I'll always talk back to you. Also, no thoughts and prayers. Uh, Don't send me thoughts and prayers. Don't send me those magical fucking things with that light up and it show a cross and the novenas. Don't, Don't do it. I got old Italian aunts who do that all day long. I don't need it right now. I love you all, but that's not what's going to get us through this. I know you care. I care about you guys too, but by now you got to know that thoughts and prayers haven't stopped school shootings or gang wars or we're in the position we're in, even though we've been thinking and praying. So shit still happens in this world, whether you think or pray or not. If you want to send me anything, make it something that effectively and honestly speaks ill about the filthy country that sent this fucking flu out to the world. Those gifts and memes... I'll read all day. I'm AJ Benza. That was your podcast for March 20th, 2020. Hang in there, guys. I know there's a lot more to it than washing your fucking hands. I think most of that is to keep us occupied, to keep us in a state of listen to the government. Wash your hands. Do the things you've always done. Stay away from people you don't need to be around. And that includes family. 
Hopefully on Monday we'll have a clearer picture of what the fuck's going on. I love you all and I'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening. Fame is a Bitch is an AJ Benza Workhouse Connect production featuring the endless wisdom, insightful commentary, and sometimes fucked up perspective of AJ Benza. Executive producer, Mike Agavino. Technical producer, Brian Vasquez.